Welcome to Starting Points, a podcast from Faith on Hill Church in Milwaukee, Oregon. This podcast is designed to be an overview of the books and major sections of the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Whether you are reading the Bible for the first time or you've been reading the Bible for a long time, Starting Points is designed to engage or re-engage you with God's Word and give a big picture view of the story of God's salvation of people. We are looking at the second major section of the Bible today. We just finished the first section, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And now we enter the historical books, beginning with the book of Joshua. And the uh, the, the, the Bible is, you know, people think of it as one book. It's not. It's a collection of 66 books divided into two major sections, the Old and New Testaments. And they were written over, uh, over a 1,500-year period by over 40 different authors in two primary languages, Greek or Hebrew with some uh, other languages like Aramaic thrown in for good measure. Um, but the, the, the Bible is... Uh, is, is telling an overall story. Even though it was written by these diverse authors, it is telling the story of the world that God created and, and the people, humanity that God created and their fall from his grace. Uh, the, uh, the original fall in Genesis and, and God's plan of salvation, calling a man named Abraham and saying, from you, I will redeem the world. And he calls up people, Israel, out of Abraham's descendants. And, and then through Israel comes Jesus. And from Jesus, we have our salvation. Uh, and so the historical books uh, start with the book of Joshua. Now, that does not mean that Genesis or Exodus are not historical. I definitely believe them to be historical. Uh, the reason they're just considered the historical books is it has to do with the history of the people of Israel uh, as a nation. So Joshua is the story of Israel going into the promised land. Uh, and then from Judges on, you have the establishment of the nation. Uh, first, second Samuel, first, second Kings, first, second Chronicles. And then the nation is divided into two, and it goes from being one nation, the, the nation of Israel, into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. The northern kingdom is the first to be taken away into captivity by the Assyrians and scattered across the known world. Uh, that's the, the great diaspora. And so when you get to the New Testament, and you have Jewish communities all over, uh, Jewish communities in uh, the Mediterranean, you know, in in Greece and in Turkey, Jewish communities in North Africa. This, this comes in large part from people who fled these invasions or people who were scattered because of these invasions. The Assyrians would take their captive people and spread them all over other parts of their empire so they couldn't uh, form resistance cells. Then the southern kingdom of Judah, and Judah also included uh, the tribes of Benjamin and Simeon, and then a lot of the, Levi, uh, the Levitical tribe, the Levites, came south during the split, so they were there as well. They were taken uh, 
many of them were taken into captivity to Babylon to be used partially as hostages and then partially uh, as what the Babylonians would do would they say, hey, why reinvent the wheel? If you have somebody who's really good at something, we'll take them and we'll use them in our empire for what they're really good at. If they're really good at math, we'll use them as a mathematician. If they're really good at organizing things, we'll make them an organizer. If they're a really good uh, you know, woodworker, they will do woodworking for us. And so they, they took very skilled craftsmen, uh, people who were skilled in mathematics and different uh, learning, and they would take them and make use of them. And that's where we get Daniel and, and Ezekiel and some of these others who were taken into captivity. Uh, the final books of the, the histories is Ezra and Nehemiah, which tells the history of the people coming back to the land after the 70 years of captivity and beginning to rebuild uh, Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and rebuild their nation. Now, some books, uh, when I said the final books, uh, that's not totally true. Some books, it's kind of like, do you include them in the historical books or not? Uh, Esther is one. It tells the story of uh, a young woman who becomes queen in the uh, Medo-Persian Empire, which was the successor to the Babylonian Empire. Uh, and then there's Job, and there's debate about whether Job is even history or allegory or what is it. And we're, we're going to do Job on Sunday mornings uh, in the new year at Faith on Hill, so we'll get more into that then uh, as to w- what Job is. But that's why uh, it goes from Joshua through Job, and then you go into the poetic books, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, is, is that's the dividing line. Uh, and, and we kind of leave Job, Esther a little bit debated, but definitely Job kind of is kind of left on that dividing line between the historical books and the poetic books because there's disagreement about where to put it. So it's sort of at a compromise position and they'll leave it to you to decide. So, so that's kind of where we're at in terms of like what the historical books are. They tell the story of the history of the people of Israel from their entering the promised land to their exile to their return from exile. Uh, and the books are written by prophets, by scribes, uh, you know, court historians, by kings. Uh, and they are about, you know, that, like I said, that story. And the, the human story in it's very obvious, right? It's the story of people. Their successes, their failures. Uh, when, when they're successful, it's usually when they are following God. And when they fail, it is almost always when they are not following God. Uh, the landmines in it is, is just from people and from cultures. Now, sometimes the landmines are us looking back at a different cultural place and time and saying, can you believe that they did that, right? And we do the same thing all the time with outside of biblical history, right? Like you can look back at like the history of, uh, of eunuchs um, in, in Africa and in East Asia and in, in, in all around the world and say, oh, that was terrible. And it was, but it's not biblical history, generally speaking. And so we don't put a, a spiritual weight on it. But what happens when the people of God do something, and then it seems to have a spiritual significance to it, and then it gets dicier, and then the critics of the Christian faith come in and say, see, oh, this God's angry in the Old Testament. He's just out to do angry things, and, and sometimes he's, it's, it's not that the Bible is saying, hey, I want you to do these things. It's just saying, hey, this person did this thing. This actually happened. It's not saying God's good with it. It's not saying that God is okay with it. It's just saying, hey, this thing happened. In fact, quite a bit of the Bible, it, it kind of is written in a way of 
this happened, and then God does something in contrast to it. For example, read the book of Genesis, and then read the law of God in Deuteronomy, Numbers, and Leviticus. It's basically, here's all the things that your forefathers did. Now here's how God actually wants you to live. Here's all the things that your ancestors did. And you could say, this is what our ancestors did, so we'll do those things too. God's saying, no, those things were terrible. Those things were harmful. This is the way that is right for you. The same is true if you get into like Judges, especially. Uh, the book of Judges, the book of Ruth, uh, some of these times before King David came on the scene. And, and it's like God says, okay, here's how the people were. And then he starts sending these prophets to come on the scene saying, this is not the way for you to be. And so there's how people were, and then there's how God wants people to be. Uh, so there are landmines, but there's landmines all through the Bible. And a lot of times it's just us mistaking uh, something that is not a biblical command. It is just a biblical account, a, a report, this happened, and saying, oh, it's, it's as if people want us to do that. Now, the books clear up a lot of things. First of all, they just clear up other parts of the Bible. If you read the Old Testament prophets, apart from having a working knowledge of the books of the history of the Bible, uh, you will have a lesser grasp or understanding of what the prophets are talking about. If you read the histories apart from the prophets, you'll have a lesser grasp or understanding about what the histories are talking about. Uh, if you read the New Testament apart from reading these books, you will have a lesser understanding about the New Testament. I'm not saying that you can't read the Gospels or the book of Acts or, or Ephesians or Galatians or whatever without reading these books first. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, the opposite, I would say read the New Testament first. But what I am saying is that these books uh, help us have a greater understanding. They clear up a lot of things from other books of the Bible and vice versa. That as we read about what's going on in, say, 1st or 2nd Samuel, having read the book of Judges first, gives us clarity. And when you read the book of Judges, if you've read 1st or 2nd Samuel, oh, okay, this was going on, and then this is how God clears all that up. Now, where is Jesus seen in the books of the histories? Well, first of all, it's through these books that we see uh, the clarity of where the Messiah is going to come from. First, it's, he's going to come through the people of Israel, and then it becomes clear that he's going to come through the line of David. And then, as, as the histories go on, uh, there are certain parts of the line of David that get either cut off, or there's a prophecy made that they will not be the one from whom the Messiah will come. And so there's clarity about which part of the line of David uh, the Messiah would come from. Incidentally, that's one of the reasons why Joseph could never be the earthly father of Jesus, because he was from part of the line of David where God said, your descendants will never sit on the throne again. No earthly descendant of Joseph could make a claim to the throne of Israel. James or Jude, the half-brothers of Jesus who wrote books of the Bible, they could not make a claim to the throne of Israel because even though they were descendants of the king, God had pronounced that their line was cut off from any royal title. Jesus as you go through these histories, you see the need for Jesus, you see the clarity of who the Messiah would be, and you see the weakness of human saviors. Because all through, all through these books of history, 
God would raise up a deliverer. God would raise up a king. God would raise up a prophet. God would raise up somebody to lead the people. And they would fail and they would fail and they would fail. But Jesus has never failed us. Jesus has never let us down. Jesus completed the work and he will complete the work in us. I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Starting Points podcast. We generally speaking release new episodes on Monday. We release uh, all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You just have to search Faith on Hill. Uh, video versions are available on our Facebook page and our Sunday mornings are also live streamed on our website, faithonhill.com. My name's Adam. I want to thank you for joining us for another episode and we'll see you again next time for the Starting Points podcast.